1: for us who can be against us. When trouble comes your way, maybe you can be like David who can constantly and consistently face giants and say, you come against me with a sword. You come against me with a sword and a shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I come against you in him, in him alone. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and the Lord reassured Paul that no man would go to hurt him. Paul knew that the Lord's presence was great in good times and in bad, just like David.
0: Many people have a hard time relinquishing control, but what are you in control of other than your own actions? Pastor Dave reminds us today how God is in control of everything, and if we meditate on Him daily, nothing will come between you. Don't be afraid to surrender to the one who holds all things in His hands. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 6. As he begins his message, there is joy in the land.
1: You are Second Samuel chapter six we're going to jump right back into the heart of second Samuel and move on line by line verse upon verse so second Samuel chapter six so I thought what we'd do is we would read the first eleven verses of chapter six just to get a running start as we conclude the chapter this week so Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him to Baal Judah to bring up the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on a hill. And Uzzah and Ayo, the sons of Abinadad, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God, and Ayo went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of firwood, harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they had come to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand out to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him there for his error and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. God is trying to restore the nation of Israel. As we come into 2 Samuel, David is now king of all of Israel. God made it so David was now king of all of Israel because God wants to restore the nation to himself. He had David choose the capital city of Jerusalem. And now David wanted to continue this process of getting the people all together under one God, by bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. If you remember in 1 Samuel. The Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. They held it for a while. And they all got tumors. And they passed it off. And it had been in the house of Abinadad now. For quite some time. The Ark represents the authority of the Lord. It represents the word of God. And it represents the presence of the Lord. And David knew the blessings. That were abounding in the presence of the Lord. In fact. In one of his beautiful psalms, specifically Psalm 16, you don't have to turn there, I will. In Psalm 16, David writes these words. In verse 11 of Psalm 16, speaking to the Lord, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. The fullness of joy comes to us as a blessing and a benefit of a life that is fully committed to God. We have the presence of God with us, and that brings us into that fullness of joy. When our lives are fully committed to God, blessings abound. And we experience His constant joy and His constant presence. There is nothing that can bring you more peace. There is nothing that can bring you more comfort. There is nothing that can bring you more joy than the presence of the Lord in your life. There's nothing more vital either in our Christian walk than the presence of the Lord in our lives. One commentator said this, quote, Without the sense of his, the Lord's abiding presence, and a place of constant communion and fellowship, how far wrong will we go? How far off the path will you go without the Lord's guidance, without the Lord's presence in your life? And David understood this. David understood this and he experienced the joy of God's presence. David, of all people, experienced God's presence in his life to a great degree. And that brought him great joy. In fact, he would write about that in his Psalms. But like David, we too must draw ever close to God. We must draw ever close to the Lord so that we might feel his presence. David understood this because he experienced God's presence. When we desire the presence of the Lord, we're doing the same thing that David did. We are seeking hard after him. We know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And as we seek after him, he rewards us with his presence. He rewards us with his love. He rewards us with his guidance, with his mercy, with his grace, with healing. He rewards us with these things as we seek him, as we come to him. But it's up to us to set the Lord before our eyes. It's up to us to clearly look to him because he is our portion. He is our portion. He is our hope and he is our strength and he alone is our strength. Wherever we are, we should know that he is also there. He is with us because he clearly said, I will not leave nor forsake you. God is with us wherever we should go and that should be a comfort. But to some of us, It should be a, whoa, you mean he went with me me when I went there? Uh, Yeah, he did. He he was there when I did that? Uh, Yeah, he was. So that's a double-edged sword. It's a great thing if you're committed to the Lord and following hard after him, but if you're a born-again Christian and you're out there dabbling in things that you know you shouldn't be dabbling in, the Lord's still there, and he sees it. But he is a gracious and loving father, and he loves you even in the midst of the sin. He loved you when you were a sinner and died on a cross for you, didn't he? He loved you when we were in the midst of our sin. He went to a cross and died for you. So when we meditate on his goodness, when we meditate on this and we experience his presence, we find peace for our souls. Paul knew that. Paul, of all people, knew that. And look at this beautiful passage. You know it before I even quote it. Look at this beautiful passage in Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Why? The things you have learned and received and heard and saw in me do. Why? The God of peace will be with you. You want to know how to feel the Lord's presence? Right there. There's a prescription for feeling the Lord's presence in your life. Meditate on those things. And you know, we like to tease around about the word meditate. It's the old thing that the cow does, right? Mm, mm, Chew it on that cud that he ate yesterday morning that he brings up and he chews on it again. Mm, Boy, that's pretty good. That's the way we should be with God's word. We should meditate on it. We should constantly be thinking about it. It should be constantly on our lips, constantly in our mind. It should be constantly overwhelming us with his love. There's nothing that can bring us comfort like that. There's nothing. To see that presence, to see him as our Lord and Savior. You know, think about that. He is our owner. If you've been born again into a living hope, he bought you at the price. He paid a price for you in your redemption. He paid a price for you. He's our ruler. He's our judge. He's also a gracious benefactor. He's our guide, and He's a strict observer of what we do. And when we look at Him and when we meditate on Him, we shall not be moved. We should not be moved. When we keep Him in the forefront of our minds, when we keep Him in the forefront of our heart, nothing can move us. Nothing can stand against us. Nothing can come or deter us from the call He's made our lives just like the Apostle Paul as he set him before him the Apostle Paul suffered chains suffered horrible afflictions read about it in Corinthians read about the afflictions that the Apostle Paul went through but he says none of these things move me none of these things move me he couldn't be moved why because the joy of the Lord was his strength the joy of the Lord was his strength Nehemiah said that in Nehemiah 8 verse 10 That the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is strength in the joy. So let me ask you this. When you're troubled, when you're saddened, or even when you're being convicted of your sin, you should know that God is doing a great work in us. I thank God for his conviction. I thank God that when I slip up, he's right there to convict me. I praise him for that. He might chastise me. I praise him for that. Because if he wasn't doing that, I would start to think, wait a minute. Where are you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I would be afraid, but as he chastises me and as he leads me and he shows me these things, I'm comforted because I know he cares for me. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't despise his chastisement. Don't despise it when the Lord brings you into the threshing floor or brings you out to the shed once in a while. Don't despise those things. Even when we're saddened and we're troubled. I love this about Paul. Paul was a stout-hearted guy. I mean, He was committed to the cause. What was his cause? Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. Paul was committed to that cause and nothing was going to detour detour him and nothing was going to deter him from finishing the course that the Lord had laid out for him because Paul knew what awaited him. Paul knew that his home was really in heaven, and my Savior I await. Paul knew that he was just passing through here, that he was just on a a sojourn. Paul knew that he would be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity. And that comforted him, and that helped him in his time of affliction. He knew that the Lord was going to be with him always. In fact, in a glorious scripture in Acts verse 18, Paul goes to Corinth Paul goes to Corinth and he's upset because he didn't have a very good chance time in Athens. He feels kind of beat up because, you know, the Athen philosophers, they probably, you know, they really railed on him. And he, he feels like maybe he didn't do a good enough job of explaining the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Maybe he didn't do a very good job of explaining the resurrection. So he goes to Corinth and he's kind of downtrodden. He's kind of beating himself up. And he gets alone with the Lord. And in verse 9 of chapter 18, it says, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in night by a vision. What did he say to Paul? Do not be afraid, but speak. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you or hurt you, for I have many people in this city. So Paul knew that the Lord was with him. If you have been born again, You have the Lord with you in the form of the Holy Spirit. He is with you always. He is there. We talked about the Holy Spirit on Sunday. And what a great comfort it is to know that the Lord is with us. If that doesn't comfort you, then I guess nothing will. You can't be comforted and know that the Lord is with you in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your circumstance. If the Lord knows what's going on even better than you, because he knows the outcome, he knows what's going to happen. If that's not comforting, man, man. You need to get before the Lord and really seek his face because that should be comforting us all get out. What did the God say to Isaiah? Fear not, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will behold you in my right hand by righteousness. What did the Lord say to Joshua? We read this when we studied Joshua. A great, great read. Back in Joshua 1 in verse 8, I think. Oh, geez, the whole whole chapter one says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave nor forsake of you. Be for strong, be of good courage. Be, why? Because I'm with you. Be very strong, be very good courage because I'm with you. Don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it on day and night. Gee, there's that word meditate. What a coincidence, right? There's that word meditate on it day and night. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. Yeah, praise God. What a wonderful, wonderful promise from God. Are you going through some uncertain times right now? Are you going through some times where things just don't seem to be being fit together? They seem to be all discombobulated. Maybe you don't know what's happening in your life. Maybe, maybe you're, you're going through there. Has fear entered into that life because of that? Maybe you're waiting on something that hasn't come and you're fearful that it's not going to come. Maybe you're, you're, you're prayed to God and you, you can't see him. But as you seek the Lord, commit your life to him and your circumstances to him so that he can say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Fear is the opposite of faith. Because when you fear, your faith falls apart. This is why every time Jesus appeared after the resurrection, what were the first words out of his mouth? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Believe. If you are like that, then you can say like David, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord is on my side. In Romans we read... But God is for us. Who can be against us? When trouble comes your way, maybe you can be like David who can constantly and consistently face giants and say, you come against me with a sword. You come against me with a sword and a shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I come against you in him, in him alone. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And the Lord reassured Paul that no man would go to hurt him. Paul knew that the Lord's presence was great in good times and in bad, just like David. So I told you all this to let you know that David understood what the Ark of the Covenant meant. The Ark symbolized the presence of God. God would appear between the cherubim. God was there. It was his presence. And for Israel to have the presence of God once again with them was huge. It was huge. So David gathers 30,000 guys and he sets off to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. And this was a great thing that David wanted to do, but remember we talked about it, he did it the wrong way. He went about it the wrong way. He had a new cart made. The ark wasn't supposed to be moved on a cart. That was the way the Philistines did it. Not the way the Lord wanted it done. The ark was supposed to be carried on poles by certain people. Transporting the ark was against God's command. The ark was designed, I said, and carried on poles. You can find that in Exodus 25, and it was also supposed to be carried by the Levites of the family of Kohath. You can find that in Numbers 4:15. So David transported the ark the first time the wrong way. Everything seemed great. The men were joyful. There was music. There was dancing. Woohoo! They were having a great time. But the Lord wasn't pleased. The Lord wasn't pleased with what they were doing because it was against His commandments. The Lord is pretty peculiar about his commandments. And when they reached the threshing floor, all of a sudden one of the ox took a stumble. The the Ark of the Covenant started to slide. And Uzzah, the son of Abinadad, he thought he was doing the Lord a favor by stopping the Ark, so he reached out and touched the Ark. The Lord killed him. The Lord struck him dead. And it seems unfair. It seems so unfair that God would do that. But when God gives us strict commands, when he gives us strict things that we're to do, when we go against those, God, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Anger built up in David. He says, how can the Lord bring the ark to me? He was afraid of the Lord. Well, I guess he was. And he refused to move it any further, so he takes it to the house of Obed-Edom, a man named Obed-Edom who was a, a Giddite. We must use extreme caution when we disregard God's commands and we do what we think is right in our own eyes. When you get to the book of Kings, you're going to see that because almost every single king in the book of Kings, it says, and this king did what was right in his own eyes, did evil in sight of the Lord. When we follow the Lord's path, there is great reward. There is great reward when we follow the Lord's path. Listen to what David, again, David writes about this in Psalm 19. Listen to what he says. Beginning in verse 7 in Psalm 19, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than they are gold. Yes, much fine gold. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And keeping them, there is great reward. There is great reward when we keep God's command to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. There is great reward. Eternal life is given to us. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. There's great reward. There's great reward when we do as God has called us to do, when we don't push our will. There's a way that seems right to the man, but it leads to death, doesn't it? When we submit our way to his law, when we submit our way to his will, Once again, we see David learning something the hard way. And you might be like David. You might have to learn some things the hard way. I know I do sometimes. I have to learn things the hard way. God has a way of dealing with me. And sometimes it seems harsh, but God has a way of dealing with me. David was ultimately responsible for Uzzah's death. David, the king, was ultimately responsible for that boy's death because he made the critical errors. He erred when he disregarded God's command about moving the ark, thinking that it didn't matter who carried the ark or how it was moved. He should have known better. But Uzzah, Uzzah was also responsible. He erred in his thinking. He thought that because the, house was, the, the ark was in his father's house for such a long time, he had a familiarity with it, and he knew what he could do and what he couldn't do. We tread on very unstable ground when we disregard God's command. Because of familiarity and because of ignorance, we tread on very, very bad ground. It's scary. It's very scary. So now the house is at the. I, we're actually going to begin chapter eleven. Now we're at the house is out. The ark is at the house of Obed-Edom, where it stays there for three months. Let's look at our verses in eleven. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-edom the Gittite 3 months and the Lord blessed Obed-edom and all his household. I love this. It's the presence of the Lord in this guy's house. Of course he's going to be blessed. There's great blessings in the presence of the Lord. That's what I just got finished saying for the last 15 minutes. It's interesting about this, that David finally does the right thing concerning the ark. He actually fulfilled God's word. Obed-Edom was a Levite of the family of Koath. You can find that in 1 Chronicles 26. This was the family within the tribe of Levi that God said could carry the ark and could move the ark. You can find that in Numbers 4.15. Did he do this by accident or on purpose? Did he do it by accident or on purpose? Well, the scholars all disagree. We're not really told. But we know that it ended up there. Obed-Edom humbly accepts the ark. I wonder what, wait, well, he's probably in there eating some stew. And all of a sudden there's a, and he walked to the door and David was there and said, oh, we're going to leave this in your house. We're going to oh yeah, and by the way, it just killed the guy, so be careful. <laughs> Come on, David, what? But he humbly accepted it he must have been scared he had known what happened to the philistines when it was in the camp there the stories were abounding and he just found out that uzzah the son of abinadad was killed because he touched the ark you are assured
0: The book of 2 Samuel continues the story of King David, as he's finally able to ascend the throne. Though he seemed to have achieved God's calling on his life, David's journey wasn't free of problems. David was still human, and he made mistakes that affected him and those he loved. But during the rest of his life, no matter where it took him, David remained a man after God's own heart. When confronted with his sin, David consistently turned back to his heavenly Father, confessing and asking for forgiveness. David knew he wasn't perfect and that he needed the mercy only God could provide. Today, we hope you too remember that God's mercy is worth seeking. He's provided for you the grace you need to live free from your sin through the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to die on the cross in your place, taking the punishment your sins deserved. Would you like to know more about having your sins forgiven? Please visit our website then, assurehoperadio.com. Click on How to Be Saved to learn all about what Jesus has done for you and why you need His grace in your life. If you still have questions or would like us to pray with you, please don't hesitate to call us, 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in today. You can hear more messages like this from Pastor Dave at our website as well. Just click on podcasts slash radio when you visit assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on A sure Hope.